0: Okay, well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio, once again, coming from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in. Uh, Very happy and blessed to have this station uh, as this year comes to a close. WNZN 89.1 FM on your radio. You know, David, uh, David Aboot's sitting here with me. Good to be here with
1: you again, John, as always. It's been quite a year. Oh, it's been a wonderful year uh, for our families, uh, for the show. Yeah. Uh, for the people that we've had on to interview, it, it just it's amazing uh, when you become a follower of Christ, how you develop a family that is not your previous bloodline. I mean, we, and, we and if for some reason, there's a lot of times where you feel closer to your Christian brothers and sisters, you seem to be able to have deeper discussions with them at a much more meaningful level. That then, you know, just talking about secular stuff with your family that might not be followers of Christ, even though you love your family. But it, it, I've just felt very blessed again this year with the show, with the people that we've come to know, with the mission missionary teams that have been on where we could promote them and the great work they're doing around the globe. It's just a true blessing to be
0: here. Well, don't forget, like I always say, if you have the same father, that makes you brother and sister. Right. And so there's a kindred spirit amongst believers. Yeah. But the thing with believers, David, is is we you're right. We do talk about weightier matters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Word of God, eternity, the Person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. life Preach after death, loss, expansion of God's kingdom on the earth. So these are weightier matters. Answered yeah. prayer. I mean, you know, you yeah. can talk about the weather. You can talk about sports. You can. I'm not saying they're not important. No. In politics. Yeah. But to me, you could fly a little bit higher and elevate your thoughts. Yes, because this is impactful stuff. Yeah, uh, whether it's this radio station, or you're sitting with somebody and sharing the gospel, or if you're at a, mm-hmm. a Christmas party and somebody says, "Boy, what happened to you? It looks like you changed since we used to hang out in high school." You have something to share. Uh, more and more, that's what I like. I mean, yeah, it, this is eternal matters. It was, it was uh, Socrates that said an unexamined life is not worth living. People should examine their life. Why am I here? Why is there something rather than nothing? What's going to happen to me when I die? We'll do a whole show on these primary questions. We right. had one, but we're going to do an expanded one. Mm-hmm. But my hope is that every show we do speaks <clears throat> in some manner to the eternal issues through mm-hmm. the person of Jesus Christ, to an individual that they have a soul, they're made in the image of God, they have an eternal destiny, and they have this space called a lifetime to make their decision to know God, to serve God, and to get ready for what God has planned for them. And and there's also a warning in there not to neglect and disregard uh, God's invitation to yeah. be saved. Yeah, when you think of John 3, 16, you always see that at football games, right? At the ends of that sign. But I mean, it says, for God so loved the world, he gave. That's the Christmas story. That's the giving. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever means anybody, everybody, but you have to believe in him should not perish. See, there's the warning. Uh, if you disregard God's invitation and free gift of the salvation, there's a warning, and that means separation from God. Yes. Yeah, return it yeah. down. Should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. That's the greatest prize of all. So every time we do a radio show, David, that's, I, whatever we're doing, interviewing somebody yeah. or doing a topic or looking at something, a project, that's our focus, our end game. But to yeah. your point, I, I was just thinking, we interviewed so a concert pianist yes. from Austria. Was that it? Macedonia? Macedonia, missionary, my mission, our missionary friend in South <laughs> Africa, yeah. in Thailand, yeah. Grove City, President Germany. It's been a yeah. of It's been a great year. Yeah, dude, we're we're very blessed. So um, yeah. So today you brought up a good topic that made you want to intro in terms of the names and. Uh...
1: <sighs> well, yeah. So um, I was at a small group meeting, and the topic came up about the different names and titles of Jesus Christ. And so that's our topic for today. And there are literally uh, some 200 names and titles of Christ found in the Bible. Uh, And, you know, there's, I guess we're going to try and cover some of the most prominent ones today, but it's really important to understand the titles um, for Christ because in his title descriptions, you see the strength. Uh, That he has, you see the power that he has, and you see the fact that he is the true Son of God that came down from heaven to suffer and die for our sins to be the perfect sacrifice, and to rise up on the third day to give us eternal life. So we are going back to the start of it all in Genesis, where we Adam and Eve, our foreparents, messed up the situation that that created the sin in the world. And he is restoring equilibrium back by his death and giving us that ability to have eternal life if we follow him. And so the titles are very important because once we become a follower of Christ, he passes the baton to us mm-hmm. for the supernatural power in a lot of areas. Exactly right. Right? Yeah. So And, and that's why the titles are helpful. So we understand
0: our authority in Christ. You're right, Dave. Yeah. And as we dive into this, like you say, there's so many names and titles given to Jesus. When you think about this, I mean, here's a man 2,000 years ago, you know, and he lives in this little kind of a remote area in the Galilee of Israel, which is under a Roman oppression at the time. Yeah. But nevertheless, 2,000 years later, yeah. in two weeks time, we're going to celebrate his birthday. Okay. Now, a lot of people don't know what it's about. and It's got all this, you know, materialism and all that. Okay. Yeah. But nevertheless... Where this man has divided history, you know, we we, we base our calendar mm-hmm. uh on a day of before Christ and after Christ, you know, BC AD. So, who is he? And one of the ways you can look at him is like you say, look at his names and his titles and what they mean. And I think a good place to start with that is Christmas, you know, when oh, yeah, uh, he's introduced, and uh, ah. it says here in uh, Luke chapter one, when um. Mary, you know, the angel visits Mary and she, she's going to have this child. And he says in chapter one, uh, blessed are you, Mary, uh, the Lord is with you. Verse 28. Uh, she was troubled and saying, what manner of breeding was this? You have found favor with God. And then it says this, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. That's very important because uh, see, a son is given, a child is born. The son, has been eternal. Jesus is eternal. Okay. Right. We're going to see that in a moment. Yeah. But, but you shall call his name Jesus. Well, what is Jesus? Comes from the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Yeshua, mm-hmm. where we would get Joshua, yeah. In Greek. But Yahshua means uh God saves. Jesus yeah. means God saves. And there you see he's a son. And then you see the title name is Jesus. Next verse, verse 32. He will be great, would be called Son of the Highest. Now, see now you see this implication. He's the son of God, right? The Lord God will give him his throne of his father, David. So now he's going to be known as the son of David. So right in that first uh, introduction or declaration to Mary that she's going to have this little baby boy, his name will be Jesus. He's going to be from the uh, tribe of David, you know, the kingly line of David and son of David. He's going to be son of the highest. Uh, he's going to have a kingdom. So he's going to be a king. And then when you go down to verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now we see there's the Trinity right there in that one verse. We see the Holy yeah, Spirit. We see God. True. And the title, another time of Jesus, is that Holy One. Now we pick that up in the Old Testament about yeah. this Holy One equals God. We'll see that. And he's also going to be called in verse 35, Son of God. So right there compacted it just like two verses you see all these names are titled those are some of the main titles. exactly those are some of the most important titles now with
1: yeshua we were talking before the show Mm -hmm. so in hebrew um well yeah so in hebrew in the old testament it is mentioned that jesus they use that term to because that's what it that's what jesus's name yeshua It's joshua Right. right and then in the new testament explain what you did to me about how his name then just went to uh, you know, it, it's it, it's more reference
0: of Jesus than Yahshua. Yeah, because the the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, right? And so the what is Jesus in Hebrew, Yahshua. right? Now the New Testament is all written in Greek because again that was the yes. popular language. There, what do you call the market language? It, right. You know, like today the market language in the world is English. So if you want to go to, uh, if you're coming from China and you want to go to engineering school at Case Western Reserve, you better know English. If you want to be an air traffic controller in London and you're coming from Cairo, you better know English because English is the market language. So Greek was the language of the day. All the New Testament is in Greek. It was understandable throughout the Mm -hmm. empire. And therefore, it wouldn't be Yeshua. It would just be now Jesus. Right, that Uh, is. Just like my name in Spanish is Juan. Mm -hmm. But here in, in English, it's John. Yes. In Hebrew, it's Yohanan. Yeah. Yohanan, you see? Yeah. Well, thanks for clarifying
1: yeah. that, right? Because, uh, you know, some questions have come up about that. Well, why it just didn't
0: stay Yahshua all the way through? the New Testament? Okay, so, so then they will hear are, Yahshua, Hamashiach. Yeah. That means Jesus, the Messiah, the my, Messiah. But when you translate the Hamashiach, the Messiah in Greek, it's Christ or Christos. See, so you have Jesus Christ. Whereas if you if you were to tell people Yahshua today, they they might not know it because they don't know Hebrew, but it's save save. It yes. simply means not simply, but it means God saves. So that which if helpful to understand names and titles. It is because it reveals so much about Jesus. Absolutely. So as you go down, yeah, you might have a couple you wanna one I find very interesting is he's called the Alpha and the Omega. Oh, yeah. And you see that in Revelation chapter one, verse eight. And why that's important. Alpha and the Omega means beginning and end. It mean it has an eternal quality to it. Revelation, well, Revelation one. Yeah, you can read it. So oh, Re- Actually, yeah, I have that. One
1: I am eight. the uh, yeah. So Revelation one eight says, "I am the Alpha and Omega," says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's it. So, and Jesus declared Himself to be the beginning and the end of all things, a reference to to no one but the true God. Yeah. Yeah, when he did that, and I think that's
0: when he started getting in, into trouble. Well, it says in Isaiah forty-one verse four, "Who has performed and done it? Calling generations from the beginning, I, the Lord, am what the first, and I am the last. Yeah. I am He." So right away, we see here, the Old Testament is calling God the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. So too the New Testament. So when, he, when th- this is a critical issue today, is Jesus God? You know. That's everything, because when you go to different religions, for example, in Islam, they would think he's a a prophet. Yeah. He's a prophet. Uh, Others think he's just a great teacher. Some think he's just legendary, uh, like a mythology. Yeah. The Bible clearly says, in the beginning was the Word. That's another title of Jesus, the Word. And the Word was with God, as the Word was Was God. God. And later in John chapter 1, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us.
1: Right, so you brought up John 8:58. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, "Before Abraham was born, I am." But then you look at Exodus 3:14, God said to Moses, "I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, Israelites, I, I am has sent me to you." So when, he, when Jesus described himself with that title, they tried to stone him. Oh yeah, the Jews tried to stone him because you know clearly he's saying, "I am God." Well, he even
0: says to them in John chapter ten, uh, well, "For what good work are you are you are you going to stone me?" Yeah. And they say, "For no none of the good works you did, but you being a man, uh, make yourself to be God." Yes, uh, that's a very important point yeah. oh, that yeah. that uh, Jesus is bringing out here, and again, um, that's in John chapter ten, uh, verse thirty-two. Is they know what he's saying yes. you know yes. some people say, well show me where Jesus say he's God well right there they say we're going to stone you because you being a man make yourself to be God the same thing in chapter eight of Gospel of John yeah what he says truly I say to you before Abraham was I am yeah that goes back to what you just quoted yeah about the name of God at the burning bush Wow and then it, what does it say in verse 59 chapter eight of John? Then they took up stones to throw at him. Yes. Because why? They think he blasphemed. He made himself to be God. So everything swings on that, so to speak. The pivotal point is Jesus God. Now, my my issue, when I'm teaching this in Asia where people don't have much Bible background, I said it's simple in the sense there is a God and he visited this planet. Yeah. And his visit was, was pre predictive beforehand. 500 years, 1,000, yeah, 1,500. And when he comes, he does things and he says things no other man ever said. Right, Moses or Isaiah would never say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They wouldn't, wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say, I'm coming back on clouds of glory to judge the nations. Jesus says that, right? They wouldn't say, I am with you even to the end of the age. Well, only God could be with you even to the end of the age. But Jesus takes those, those attributes and applies them to himself. That's why C. S. Lewis is right in a sense. He says, Look, this man is either he's either a lunatic. You think, you know, like somebody says I'm Julius Caesar, I'm Napoleon. You know, he's mentally unbalanced. He's a liar. He knew he wasn't and he's making all these claims, or he's Lord. Well, what fits the bill here? Who whatever mentally unsturbed disturbed person could could do the parable or the prodigal son, or what what liar would ever come up with the our father? And do nothing yeah. good, and never yeah. even he treated his enemies good. The very people that nailed it to the cross, the first words he says, "Father, forgive them," for they. Don't. So it's not like a liar or a lunatic. What's easier to fit into the into the into this slot, mm-hmm. so to speak, when you gather all the information? He is who
1: he said he was. Yeah, he's he's not a crazy man In or a way. lunatic. I mean, there were over three hundred prophecies that point directly to him mm-hmm. that he fulfilled. Uh, you know, the top eight are the time of his birth. Uh, he'd be born in Bethlehem, number two. He would be born of a virgin. Four, he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Five, he would be mocked. Six, he would be crucified. Seven, he would be pierced. Eight, he would die with the wicked, but he would be buried with the rich. Exactly. Uh, right. You know, th- those are just some of the top prophecies that he fulfilled. John,
0: there's no other there's no other. So there just isn't, and when you when you study it and see, I mean, he is called the the terms they give him like uh in Daniel, he's called the Ancient of Days. Yeah. Well, the Ancient of Days goes up before the very throne of God and receives the title deed to the earth. That's in uh, uh-huh. Daniel chapter seven, and um he comes to the Ancient of Days, and he's which means he he has no he has no beginning or end. It goes back to what he he, he said earlier. And once you see that, it's in Daniel chapter 7. I, I believe yeah. it starts with verse 13. Uh, I don't know if you want to read it. Yeah. Uh, verse 13. What is, how does that read? In my vision at night I looked. This is Daniel, okay.
1: Yes, and, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language... Every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that
0: will never be destroyed. Okay, see, he goes from yeah. to God the Father, gets the scroll or the ownership, so to speak, to the earth. You'll see that in the book of Revelation. But Jesus, when he's on trial, will quote this in, in Matthew 26. They said to him, they, they put him under an oath in verse 63 of, of Matthew 26. Tell us. Uh, we put you under, are, are, are you are you the Christ, the son of God? Those are the titles we just looked at, right? Then Jesus said to them, it is as you said, truly I say to you, hereafter you'll see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on clouds of heaven. That's just what you read in Daniel 7. Yeah. And the high priest tore his clothes. He spoke in blasphemy. What further need do we have? See, he's making a claim that he's God. And... Um, they know what he's saying. Yeah, and the Son
1: of Man is mentioned in John five twenty seven. The phrase Son of Man, so it, I, I looked it up. It emphasizes the humanity of Christ, which exists alongside his divinity.
0: That's that's the yeah. Son of Man is what you just read, right in Daniel, right? They knew what he says, Son of Man. That's what he's using here in Matthew right. when he says, yeah. "Hereafter you'll see what." This Not man. the Son of God, but the Son yeah. of Man sitting at the right hand of power that's that's from Daniel they know what he's saying it. it's mentioned 82 times in the New Testament NIV and ESV yeah. versions that they know what that yeah. title is a title of God here's the thing son of God title many emperors use that they, you can still see it on their coins Augustus Caesar Augustus or Divina it'll say they, they thought they were the sons of the gods yeah. You see but which is applied to Jesus of course he is the Son of God but he also is the Son of man. And you pick that up in just what you read at Daniel. They know what he was made and when he's the, the, the son of man. Yeah. Had. yeah. Um, another thing he says in um, well John, let me just read John five twenty seven. Marvel not at this
1: for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They have done. They have done good unto. Oh, um, and it cut me off. Um, It cut me off. So, yeah. um, but it's it's mentioned there in John five two.
0: Yeah, well. he is the resurrection and the life. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, what he he calls himself that in John chapter eleven, that's kind of what you were saying. When he approaches, Martha comes out. You know, her her brother died. That's Lazarus. Jesus comes. Four days this man has been in the tomb in yeah. the grave, and Jesus says, he says in verse 23, yeah, John eleven. He says, Jesus said to her. Uh, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, "I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day." See, the Jewish people understood there's going to be a general resurrection at the yeah. end of time, yeah. okay, a bodily resurrection. But then Jesus said, "I am the resurrection and the life." Notice he doesn't say, "I'm going to tell you about it" or "Go, yeah, show you or tell you." He says, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he yeah. shall live." Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you right. believe this? You see? Yes. This is very powerful, what he's saying here. Yeah. It goes to this idea. Uh, he, in other words, he's like, he's walking around, mm-hmm. and he's he the resurrection, the light. Yeah. He never encounters a dead body. He doesn't raise. Right. right, you know, Lazarus, or the widow's son, or the little girl that just died, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, in other words, he doesn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, he's going to tell us the truth, but he is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. That's the word. He's walking yeah. around. Uh, he that this is again why we celebrate Christmas. I mean, we don't know he was born on December 20th. That's not the issue. Yeah. The issue is the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Yeah, he came down. Yeah, and he goes back up. You know, he comes yeah. down like a U shape. He comes down from above. Down, 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 and then he goes up, up, up. Uh, you know, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But he's coming back again. Think of a circle. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So So, let me read John 5 again because I've got the internet back. Uh, Starting verses 24 to 27. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who set me has eternal life and will not be judged but is crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of of the son of God and those who here will live for is the father, his life in himself. So he has granted the son also to have life in himself. And he has given authority to judge because he is the son of man. Right. So the, the, those are great verses. I, I don't know how people can dispute that. He's not the son of God did they say it's not clear. He's just a prophet. I
0: don't know. What do you think? Yeah, there's many reasons. I mean, th- multiple reasons, David. Number one, it says in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them whom the God of this age yeah. blinded. So you have that. Mm-hmm. There's another th- part that it says in John uh, chapter 3 uh, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness, which is their works. They didn't want... <laughs> in other words, they didn't want to give up their sin or their lifestyle because when you come to Jesus, yeah. it's a humbling experience because you you have to humbly say, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And a lot of people in, don't like to say that. They think, I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah.
1: You, you know what it is, John? I think to extend what you said, to me, what I've noticed is now that I have different glasses on and I see differently, while I'm seeing things I normally did, yeah. I'm getting a little voice saying, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing The that? Holy Spirit. What are you, why are you part of this? And so I think if, if you listen to that voice, it makes it tough at times because there might be a bunch of people from your past, like you and I have discussed over the years where that's what we're getting when we're around them. Yeah. Right. And, and then when you're with believers, it's a lot easier, it seems. Oh yeah. And you can have much deeper discussions. It's more meaningful you leave joy filled a lot of times like leaving with you from the show, being with you and Marie and Marilyn uh, and your family and other fellow believers, our family. Um, there's a joy when you leave versus a joy watching a football game and just yeah, leaving right. after that. Right. I, I don't know. It, did, do you no, do the show? Right.
0: Because <clears throat> it, the world offers is it lasting, right? Okay. Uh, you watched a football game, your favorite team got beat. Okay, yeah. you feel, but it's not lasting. Even though you got a car, now you're going to get a newer car. Well, that's nice to do, but when you're with believers, and and, and like, uh, let's say you're at a Christmas Eve, sir, you're singing Holy Night, mm-hmm. and the Word of God, it, 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 it's touching you at a deep level, and you think, wow, God came into this world, and he changed my life, but now my family is being changed. Yeah, And this past year, I've seen all these answers to prayer, and I have something to share with others, not that we're better than others, but no. we can help no. them like somebody else oh. does. Yeah. And so all of a sudden your your whole life has been elevated. It you know, has nothing thought, to do with being better. I'm glad no. you brought that up. That's not what we're saying. But your lot yeah. thoughts are elevated. Yeah. You're thinking about God and you're We're just happier. You're just mindful. <laughs> no, and it's true. No. I mean,
1: we're not happier all the time. Granted, we have the we face the same challenges yeah. my old self did. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we can do it in a different light with a much better supernatural strength that we didn't have before because we were fighting the
0: battle alone without any supernatural strength. That's the sad part about today. There's so many people, yeah. you know, psychiatrists. There's big studies now done by uh, uh, CDC and all these things about the depression and anxiety among young people. Teenagers, that should actually be a happy time of their life, but they're lonely. And they're connected to the media mm-hmm. and there's bullying and you're being befriended and all this other stuff. Whereas with you with Jesus, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when you get with other believers, it's like family and, and, and yeah. you're not left alone. Right. You know, and you can pray and you can see answers to prayer, real practical
1: answers to prayer. You also have a different trust factor with your Christian brothers and sisters than you would with the secular world. Yeah. That,
0: that's the way I feel. Oh yeah, yeah. When Jesus says, "I'll never leave you, nor forsake yeah. you," you can take that to the bank. You might not feel at all times, yeah, but His word doesn't change. When you don't feel it, go with the facts. When the facts are based on the truth, and the truth is based on what Jesus said, and He's working out His plan. Uh, you know, God yeah. willing, we all have a, a long and flourishing life. Yeah, to be a hard yeah. well, And well, yeah. But who knows? Right. You're not- but but the, but the beauty now is uh, we know that He went to prepare a place for us. And, and where he is, he will come again and take us to himself. So there we see, yeah, this idea. But this is like way, these titles of Jesus are way back in the Old Testament. For example, look at Job, the book of Job, which is considered by many, maybe the oldest book, uh, maybe even predates. Job what, Jan? Uh, Job, uh, 19, Job, uh, 19. Okay. And, uh, Look at verse, I'm going to start, let's see, if you start reading, oh, well, I just want to get there, start at the right place. 19, and look at, the, look at verse 23, 24. This is how important it is to him. Okay. Look at those two verses. Okay. Why do you pursue me? No, no. Chapter 19, verse 23, like first, read verse 23 first. 23 first. Yeah. Oh, that 19. my words were
1: recorded, that they were written on a scroll that they were inscribed with an
0: iron tool on lead or engraved in rock forever. Right. See how important what he's going to say is yeah. to him? He said, I want it written on a scroll. <clears throat> I'd like to see it on a book. I'd like to in, uh, engrave it. This is how important what he's going to say. Look what he says in verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer... See, that's the title of Jesus. Yeah. Because Redeemer means you redeem something, you buy back. He says... I know that my Redeemer lives. Well, Jesus lives. He, is, he came, he died, he rose, he ascended to heaven. He's alive today. But notice, he shall stand at last on the earth. This talks about his second coming. Now look what he says about himself. There's another title of Jesus there, Redeemer. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know. In other words, even though I've died and I'm, my body is decayed, I'm in the grave for a long, long time, this I know. I can take this to the bank. I can write it in stone that in my flesh, I shall see God. You know what he's saying there? I'm going to have a transfigured body, just like Jesus said. I'm going to to have a resurrection body. I shall see God. In the Old Testament, you could not see God and live, but we will see God. I mean, we're going to see Jesus when he returns. Whom shall I seek for myself? And my eyes shall behold another another. How my heart yearns within me. In other words, he's leaning Right. it doesn't matter if he's alive or he's dead. I know <clears throat> my Redeemer's coming. He's gonna stand on the earth. I'm gonna have a resurrection body and it's gonna be personal. This and some told me, but I wanna pass this on to yeah. other people. I wanna write it. He's right. reading it, he yeah. wrote it in a book. But he says, My heart yearns. In other words, my whole anticipation. If I live to be a hundred years old, if I don't, whatever it is, I know one thing. I'm not, he's coming. I'm going. You know, that we gotta Remember that in the world we live in, we sure do. Know. yeah, this is the real, real deal going on here. So that's another title he has: Redeemer. And to yes. redeem something is to buy it back. Yeah, you know, it's it's it was an old term. <clears throat> we see it in popular culture, like if you watch uh, uh, a pawn shop, right? Somebody takes something valuable, they get money, usually a discounted price, but they hold it. The pawn shop owns that, so to speak, for that. But when you come in and you pay. To get it back, usually at interest, a higher price than the value. Yeah, you have a re- it's called you're redeeming it. You're you're buying back that which belonged to you, and that's what Jesus did. He came and bought us back. We sold out to the devil. We sold out to sin, and he came back and by his blood he redeemed us. That's what Peter talks about. Yeah, he redeemed us. So that's another title yeah. we have with Jesus. <clears throat> now a very important one um, that maybe you have one, but if you turn to Psalm 118. This is like an extremely important one of, of the person of Jesus, uh, Psalm 118. And we'll see how this connects with him in the New Testament. Right. But he says, uh, let me go right to that, uh, Psalm 118. Look what he says, uh, uh, verse, Psalm 118, verse 21 um, through uh, 24. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. No, no, oh. uh, Psalm 118, verse 21 through 24.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I got it. No, yeah, I got it here. I put in Psalm uh, 18. Okay, 21. Uh Uh-huh. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad.
0: Notice that. He says... The stone which the builders rejected. This is actually when Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem. They're singing this sim. Verse 19 says, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through and I will praise the Lord. Now he's saying here, the stone which the builders rejected. Well, what's Israel doing when he comes in on that last week? They're rejecting him as a cheap cornerstone yes. to God's plant. This is marvelous. I will read. There were people that said, blessed is comes in the name of the Lord. That's what it says in verse 25. Save now, I pray, O Lord. What's Jesus' name? Yeshua. What does it mean? God saves. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's what they're saying on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. So when you go to 1 Peter, you'll see this worked out where Jesus is that that the cornerstone, if you will, or the the what everything is mm-hmm. built upon. First Peter. Peter? Yeah, let me just go there real quick. Uh, look what it says here. Yeah, just what we were coming, look, verse 4 through 6 in First, First Peter, Peter chapter one? 2. Oh, Peter, chapter 2? uh uh-huh. If you read verse 4 through 5, okay. this sets it up. Okay. Verses
1: 4 through 5. Okay. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God, And precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual
0: sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Notice that that's for believers. We come to him. He's the living stone. He's rejected. Do men reject him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did national Israel reject him? Yeah. They crucified him, but he's chosen by God. He's precious. Then he says of us believers, You also are living stones. Why? We're being built up into this, like a holy temple. We're built on top of others. You know, we support each other. We're encouraged by it. You're being built up a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices. Therefore, verse 6, so the scripture say, Behold, I I lay in Zion a cheap cornerstone, elected. That's what we just read. He who believes on him by no means shall be put to shame. Then he goes on. He says, The stone which the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. That comes from a 1,000 years earlier. So is Jesus the chief cornerstone? Yeah, yeah, because there's two, there's more than 2 billion people in the world today somehow Subway name him, and their faith is built on Hino. And all through the scripture, you see Jesus as being the chief cornerstone, the foundation stone, upon him are built apostles and prophets, and then later us. Every believer is built into this spiritual temple. Uh, That's very important. And so that's one more title of Jesus, is he's known as the cornerstone. Yeah. which the builders rejected.
1: I I, I like it. It was one of my picks, too, for his top titles. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's the cornerstone of the building, which is his church. But he cements together Jew and Gentile, male and female, Mm -hmm. all the saints from all ages, into one structure built on faith in him. That's it. Built on faith. That's and 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 that's the hard part, even even for you know. Well, I'll speak for myself. You know, I've been a believer for about fourteen years. It's still hard, but once you do it and you do it with conviction, he 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 rewards you. Yep. You know, see, it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like taking rest, and you see how it helps your body. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like eating the right things. See, you see how it helps your body. It's kind of like learning about a subject and studying it and being able to talk about it. Once you exercise your faith, just like you're working out, it gets stronger. And then you see, it's almost like the cornerstone uh, cement structure gets wider and stronger the more your faith grows. At least that's the way I visualize it. And then you're able to overcome any obstacle that you face in this
0: planet. Not only that, David, you become a walking resource, yeah, for others. It helps, right? You know, somebody says, "Well, I don't get it. What does it mean yeah. to be saved, or how can I have a relationship with God?" Well, we didn't know this growing up, did we? No, and I didn't know. Well, no, I didn't know. I thought it meant be religious. I had to go to church. Well, I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying once I came in when I was 27 years old, and I came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then everything changed all of a sudden. I go, and that's when it says in Peter, "As a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the Word." So I started. Yeah, you know, I, I I knew these believers that led me. to Christ. So they started giving me a Bible. They started teach me. And then as you grow, then you go from milk. Jesus says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word." Then you move go from milk to bread, and then Paul talks about strong meat. Yeah. that's a deeper teaching. Right. The problem we have with many of us believers today is we're still on milk. It's milk, you can't. It's good for a little baby on yeah. your newborn, yeah, you know, a new Christian, but we got to move. And the bread, and we got. Yeah. If you're gonna work out using that analogy, yeah. metaphor, you got to have protein. You yeah. got to have. You got to have the yeah. salt. What's the linkage between, like we're studying today? What's the connection with Jesus? With the cornerstone written a thousand years ago in Psalms? What's the connection with somebody died on the cross written more than a thousand years ago in Psalm 22? So you start seeing these things, and you get the more secure you're in your faith, the easier it is to share. Yeah. It's like salesman. You're yeah. a sales, you're an yeah. entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So the more you know your product, the better you know it and the more excited you are about your product, the easier it is to communicate. It's not forced. Right. It's not something you memorize. I mean, when I uh, when I purchased this car I have, actually we got two last year, but this salesman was so cool, he knew really about it. He didn't force anything. He said, this is that. And you could tell he like, loved the vehicle. He loved what he loved. The it was very easy for us to purchase from you
1: you know I used to read some of these you had these top salesmen Zig Ziglar and uh-huh. you know Andrew Carnegie with, before I came to the Lord and it was really clear that they all seemed to hit on the main topic and some of the best brands in the world that are written up the beautiful thing is once you create a product that sells itself uh-huh. the sales job is easy And so what I hope we're trying to convey to folks and new believers is how beautiful this product is, the Bible, Uh, for them to use in their own life as a blueprint for life, is a blueprint for protection, is a blueprint to help create other disciples. And by the tools we're trying to convey, I remember when I first met you. You said, well, we can't start on milk. We're going to start with water. So, all right. So I've come a long way. I wouldn't say I'm on meat, but, um, you know, so if I started with water, anybody can get into this. Oh, yeah. Anybody can learn this stuff because the the help you're going to get is from the Holy Spirit, like you told me. So each time I get into the word, you know, I, I try to remember Holy Spirit, will you please open my eyes and and teach me something new that I didn't know about the word I'm about to get into? Yeah, and and so you have the Holy Spirit helping you too once you get into it.
0: Oh, that's everything. Yeah, that's everything. the Holy Spirit is your teacher. I mean, we have yeah. good teachers, pastors, right? But the Holy Spirit, oh, it's supernatural. He's the one that will. Yeah. He's your professor. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's very yeah. difficult. And the Scriptures says yeah. in Corinthians, yeah, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, or their foolishness. So if you see these people on TV and atheists and critics of the Mm -hmm. Christian faith of the Bible, they laugh at it. They think it's a ha. -ha. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, God created everything, or there was a a flood and there's an (laughs) ark. But to us, once you're a believer, you go, yeah, I see the connection, I see the teaching, because the Holy Spirit's inside you. You know,
1: yes, and I, I think you know. My first reaction when you asked me to read the the full Bible uh-huh. front to back, Old Testament to New, my eyes were glazing over. And I I didn't fully appreciate my need for the Holy Spirit to help open my eyes to it and what the true story was and the simplicity of it. Oh, yeah. I got caught up in all the names in Deuteronomy and all the legalese and. And I was like, wait, th- th- how, how come am I supposed to memorize all this or understand it? And, and then it just became a lot clearer. But even by having these titles and names for Christ, it gives you strength to understand why the Bible flows the way it does. Yeah. And then how you can communicate the strength we have in
0: Christ to others.
1: That's really what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, right. It, um, it's an unfolding process. If you study in Genesis, it unfolds, but it reaches the zenith. At uh, at the uh, in the person of Jesus Christ, Chad White. Yeah, if you go on the beach, let's say you're in Florida or Hawaii, and you look at the sun up, sun's coming up in the morning. You're gonna be, yeah. it's easy to look at the sun; it's starting to come up. But it reaches noonday, everything is illuminated. It's hot and it's bright. It's so bright you can't even look at it. So too, God's revelation is progressive from Genesis. You go through Psalms, but once you come to the person of Jesus Christ, His death, burial, resurrection is like full. It's the it's the full or. You know, Jan. Um, I, I
1: I like superheroes ever since I was a kid. One of my favorite was always Superman. Uh-huh, yeah, and you know the, the what I think the Bible does for me is it can create a normal person and make you the superman or woman in Christ, because the strength you have you do feel at times you got a cape on, because you're you're comfortable in the midst of adversity. And trials and tribulations, like your superman or superwoman, and it's because of your strength in Christ and the Holy Spirit in you that gives you that shield of, of hedge of protection. Oh yeah, and the armor to fight your battles. Yeah, be the enemy. Good point, David.
0: Because look, last year we interviewed some missionaries from around the world, right? Yeah. But one of the things in a third world country that's very real every day is demonic, yeah, occultic, oh, yeah, superstition. And we heard testimonies from missionaries. That's praise the Lord for this good audio we yes. we have. Yes. And they told us because you're in Christ, you yes. don't have to fear that. Matter of fact, you have victory over those kinds yes. of things. Jesus says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Well, that's a metaphor for the demonic. And people, when I look what's going on in the world today in culture and songs and movies, people are getting entrapped in works of darkness and in occultic stuff, whereas Jesus sets us free and we can walk in the light. And to your point, David, we've got power. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in John, First John, mm-hmm. greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah, that's that's the Abbey. But you have the Holy Spirit. As long as we walk, mm-hmm. appropriately, you know, circumspectly and walk and avoid yeah. those traps Bradamy has out for people. Yeah, we can walk and then you have the power to pray. And then you have power of community, two or three together. You have power of predies, Um, you know, on and on and on. These are the benefits, you know. The, the, this,
1: is, this is what the blood of Jesus did for us yeah, right. with his sacrifice. Yeah. We now have that power and authority. We have the keys to the kingdom back.
0: Exactly
1: right. He gave us the keys to the kingdom back. We have authority over the enemy again, where Adam and Eve gave him the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. And he had authority over
0: everybody. Yeah. Until Christ came. Yeah. He 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 broke the chain. Right. He, you know. For, right. It says in First John, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy <clears throat> the works of the evil one. Why? The evil one keeps people in darkness. He yeah. keeps them in bondage. And Jesus comes. He's the light of the world. It's like he's un unlocking, and you're set free. Now remember, how many years was Israel in slavery in Egypt? In the Old Testament, four hundred yeah. years. Remember, when Moses came, and he does these miracles, these signs, but they're all like judgmental. Mm-hmm. They're like, turn the water to blood, the, the hailstones come down. But the 10th one, the final one, was the blood of the lamb. Uh, Put on the doorpost. Right. And God says, when I see the blood, I will what? Fire, yeah. Pass, Pass over, over you. Pass the, and then he says, pack your bags, now take that lamb, roast it, eat it. You need energy, you're getting out of here. It's 400 years later. yeah. So, right, so think about that. Free, They're freed by what? The blood of the Lamb? Yes. Yeah, so they just weren't freed from something. Yeah. They were free, They were freed for something in the promised land. So to us, we are freed by the blood of the Lamb. Look at this. Look at Colossians chapter 1 just for a moment. I want to just show you how this works. If you look at Colossians chapter 1 um, and look at verse um, 12 and uh, yeah, he says here, chapter one, Colossians chapter 1, verse right, 3, right. giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, in other words, <clears throat> we've been selected, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. Now notice this. This is Exodus language here, verse 13. He has delivered us, that's moved us, from what? The power of darkness. Were we under the control of the power of darkness? Yeah, before we come to Christ. And conveyed us, that's like Exodus. He's, he's delivered us and moved us. To the kingdom of the Son of His love, so He's moved. Like think of Israel, you moved us from darkness and slavery, and you moved us to the new kingdom, uh, this victorious life in Christ. How? Verse fourteen, in whom we have redemption. How? Through for He His His body. Yeah, that's the Passover. You understand how? Yes. So we've all experienced. Everyone that's a Christian has experienced, in a sense, coming out of darkness and bondage and moved into this new kingdom what's called the kingdom, you're under the authority of Christ now, but what is the trigger, what did that? The blood of Correct. the blood. yeah. And what is it that released the, the Jewish people through literal slavery and darkness was the blood of the Lamb? you see how it connects? Oh, yeah. It's really, the symmetry of Scripture is, is phenomenal uh, once you see how it uh, kind of flows together. Yeah. So that's another title. I mean, when John introduces Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That is such an important title, Lamb of God, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. And then you see that so clearly written 700 years before when you study Isaiah 53.
1: You want to look at Isaiah 53. Yeah. yeah,
0: maybe you can read this, David.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Isaiah 53, and um, we'll get, we will we'll talk to him as being a lamb. Let's start with verse um, 4. Okay. Surely he took up our pain
1: and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed.
0: Notice, not his sins, not yeah. his transgressions, yeah. our transgressions was put on him. Mm-hmm. right? That's what it says in Corinth, uh, the uh, Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin for us. Now look at, keep going, look at verse six. We all like
1: sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the
0: Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Have we all gone astray? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were going crazy astray right before we came oh, to yeah. guys. But notice, the Lord has laid on him. He took our sin, he took your sin, he took my sin. Does he do now, look, here's the here's the lamb, lamb metaphor here. Look at verse 7 and 8.
1: He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before it cheers
0: is silent, so he did not open his mouth. See that? Here's yeah. the sheep. When was Jesus offered up? Passover. Right. What was happening on Passover feast? They were all sacrificing the lambs up at the temple. Right on time. And notice... He was oppressed; and he was afflicted, but he didn't. Jesus didn't open his mouth in his own defense. Remember when he's going through all those trials, and he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. They they bound him. It says they tied him. They led him into prison. Then they put the cross on him. And as sheep before his shears is silent. He did not open his mouth. But notice he's everything. He did nothing wrong. But he's taken all our sin yeah. on him. Yeah. And then he was. It says, read verse eight.
1: By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested for he was out? He was cut off from the land of the
0: living for the transgression of my people. He was punished. Notice he's punished. All this punishment is not his. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, it's all us, his people, Israel, everything is being heaped on him. And then it says, verse 9, he made the grave with the wicked. Well, who did he die with? Thieves, wasn't he between two thieves when he was crucified? But with the rich at his death, where was he buried? In a rich man's tomb. Yeah, Joseph of Arimathea, because he had done no violence, nor was there deceit in his mouth. Do you see all of this lines up, but who killed him or whose plan was it? Look at verse 10. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Whose was it? Was it the Romans? Was it the Jews? Was it us? Was it me? Was it you? It was God's plan. That's why Jesus will pray three times in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. You know, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. This is why when people say the Jewish people killed Jesus or this anti-Semitism no, it was God's plan. Yeah. It was God's perfect plan of salvation. Right. Now, they were instruments. Oh. The Romans were it, instruments. Judas was an yeah. instrument. But in a sense, we were instruments. I was an instrument. Your sins, my sins. All of us collectively put it on him. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become. The... And this goes right back to Genesis. How did Adam and Eve try to cover themselves when they sinned? Do you remember? Yeah. How did they cover themselves? Fig leaves. Fig leaves. Yeah. And God came, and how did God clothe them?
1: With animal skin.
0: Animal skin. That tells you what? Number one, it's God's plan. Right. The innocent dies for the guilty. What did right. the animal do? Nothing. Right. There was shedding of blood, right? There was substitutionary, and it was adequate. when it covered them. Right. Right? So all man, all through history, has tried to cover himself with fig leaves. Religions. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to do this. Pilate pilot washed yeah. his hands with water. Yeah. None of the... There's... Yeah. <laughs> Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Jesus only cursed one thing in his earthly ministry. Mm. What was it? He only the cursed leaf. the, the fixed tree, tree because right. why? Yeah. And only had leaves. He'd come looking for fruit, right? Only. And that may have spoken of national Israel that had a show of religion, but they didn't have life. Yep. That he did that a week less than a week before. Isn't that something? He died. So again, what we're going to pick up in the new year, David, God willing, is we're going to see this symmetry, the incredible symmetry. Of the two books, one story: Old Testament, New Testament. And the more we understand this, the stronger I believe our faith will be. Yes. And we're going to address this whole thing where people are walking away from their faith, and the the problem is their root system isn't deep enough. You know, That's and right. so, you know, it talks about this in Ephesians. They're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. A young person goes off to college, right? He's raised in church. He's what does the professor? Mm-hmm. He's what does everybody tell? Oh, do you believe in God? Do you believe in the Bible? Don't believe this. And they're tossed to and fro because they don't have their feet firmly planted on this solid foundation of two books, one story. You know what's
1: akin do? You th- you know, with New Year's Eve coming up in a few weeks, you think about all the New Year's Eve resolutions that are out there, and most of them are around losing weight. And the big thing with working out, I mean, I was in high school sports and college and and whatnot, After you're through, the hardest part is the first six to eight weeks of your training regimen. And then people fall away. You'll see that. They're in there in January in the workout facility, maybe February, and then it's over. Yeah. Because it's hard. But when you stop, it's just like just nipping, having a little look at the Bible, and then you lose it. You lose the seed, and you don't get embellished in it. You don't get totally ingrained in it. So you, you're looking at it all the time and it's making you stronger. You got to try and fight that short term thing, just like working out six to eight weeks. And then it's hard. You're sore. You don't feel good. You want to give it up. And and when you first get into the word, that's why it's important to be with new believers so they can help you. Oh, yeah. The the more um, seasoned Christians can help you get through the tough t- parts just like a trainer for you with your workouts. Oh, yeah. And and that's what, like you. I mean, I can ask you a question and
0: you need it. you got to have people around you. That's why church is so important. Yeah. Church, church, church. Jesus built the church, church, right? And she says, yeah. upon this rock, I'll build my church. Yes. And so many believers today are not part of a local community of believers, yeah. the church. So we're going to pick that up as we go towards the yeah. new year. How can we be stronger? Yeah. How can we grow in our faith? Because we're in this together. But the resources we have are so incredible. Incredible. Starting number one with the sense of forgiveness. It- you know that happened to me when I when I yeah. became a believer, uh, nineteen seventy five. Two things that hit me, David. Number one, my sins are forgiven, and number two, I was empowered to live a different life. That that really hit me early on. And then I had people around me that kind of walked me through some of the the ABCs of the Bible, and then uh, kind of get me going. And then you got training wheels, and after a while, they kick the training wheels off and start riding a bicycle. Yeah, but that's it. We're in it to help each other. You know, nobody's got this thing all figured out, but we are highly resourced. Yeah, we got the Word of God, we got the Holy Spirit of God, we got the community of believers, we got excellent commentaries. I mean, good. You know, there's excellent resources out there. So again, we thank everybody. What uh, the time went quick. Yeah, now uh, that tuned in today. This is WNCM Radio. Uh, Coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM Radio. We greatly appreciate this uh, opportunity, this station this past year. We'll talk about it as we do a New Year's program. I think that's in two weeks' time. Yeah, So, Any closing remarks, David, on the title and the attributes of Jesus? No, just,
1: you know, there's so many tools in, in the Bible to make you stronger and make your life better. So I guess for the new year, one of my prayers is, that more people open the word and really get into it and get into a church. Yeah, that's good, Dave.
0: Excellent way to close. God bless you all and uh, look forward to you uh, next week. Yep, God bless you. Have a great weekend.